TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome into another episode of Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer, Frank Curry, and we're at you here. No Kyle Powell today, sadly, as there's been some Bison's baseball that he has to work on as the matinee getaway game for a kid's day of some sorts. Yes. Why play ball? Why play baseball at 10.30 in the morning? I don't know. It's not a knock. It's just... Actually, baseball's a slower-paced kind of game. Not that they're not running all the time, but they're also not running all the time. Like, a left fielder can go quite a bit without having to do much. I mean, yeah. Sometimes. But again, why why play baseball at 10.30 in the morning? Sounds like, sounds like something you shouldn't do. I, I mean, I, I've played baseball in the morning. And, I mean, and it's does okay. it suck? It's okay, you know. I mean, you get to As have a kid, a, you probably were like, I would love to play under the lights. Like, that's cool. Oh, of course. See? Everyone lo- everyone wants to do Instead that. Of, you don't want the light from the sun. I mean, everyone wants to play under the lights. It's just a matter of being actually able to do that. That's true. That's true. I get that. I get that. Then again, I'm speaking as a hypocrite because as a kid, I played football at the like at like 9 in the morning in Little League. So Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make it – this is how much or how little there is to talk about, by the way, because – we're spouting off about this, and now I'm about to go on a tangent about something really stupid. Why is it when you're younger you have to get up earlier? Uh, because life hates you when you're younger. So they make you do things you don't want to do. I mean, I get that, and that's fair. <laughs> There's only no one idea. other instance where that's not true, and that's like eventually getting to high school, you then had to get up earlier. Yeah, I don't know. But when you played sports, you probably had to get up earlier. Yeah, like if you played when ho- you were younger. Like if you played hockey when you were younger, you had to get up at like five a.m. for yep. like six a.m. practice. Yeah, no one and no one wants that. No, nobody wants that. No one wants to do it, but you do it. But you do it. That's life. We're talking about practice. Yes. All right. So let's try to right the ship here as we start the show off in a very sillier than usual manner. I hosted the nightcap last night for the Sneaky Joe. How was it? And, uh, well, we're going to do something a little bit unusual. We're going to include that interview in today's podcast that I had with Lindsay D'Arcangelo of The Athletic. So we're going to put that in here as well for you to listen to and be able to enjoy. Very good. She's been on the show before. She's a great Yeah, she is a former guest of the pod, a friend of ours at this point, I would say, and you know, I had talked to her last night about the state of the NWHL, the Buttes being handed back to the league after mm-hmm. PSE has decided to back off from the NWHL for the time being. Now, they're still owners, though. 
No. They're not owners anymore? They are not the owners anymore. Okay. And you know what? Let's play that conversation for you right now. Lindsey Darkangelo on The Athletic with me last night on the nightcap along with Kyle Powell. On the Western Hotline, Lindsey Darkangelo of The Athletic joining us now. Lindsey, what's going on? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Not too bad. How about yourself, Lindsey? I'm doing pretty good. Lots of, uh, lots of news going on today in women's hockey. Yeah, it was it was a strange thing because I, I remember I had messaged you earlier on in the week saying, hey, you know, if you want to stop over for the podcast to, to do a hit with us. And then today this goes ahead and blows up and boils over. So, of course, we had to have you on to talk about this. Lindsay, the big thing there obviously being that, you know, Pagula Sports and Entertainment, they give up control of the Buttes back to essentially what was the state of the team in their first year when it was run by the league, right? Yeah, and I think that's important to note because I've seen a lot of people assuming that because the Pagulas gave the ownership back um, that there would be no huge franchise, and that's not the case. Uh, when the NWHL first started in 2015, the the league ran uh, the Buttes franchise, and the Pagulas took over ownership. It, it said that, you know, that it's reported that they bought them. There was no money uh, ex- that was uh, exchanged. The Pagulas pretty much took over all financial um, obligations for running the franchise in 2017, at the end of 2017, actually. So they've uh, they've been running the team just sort of uh, two years now, and um, they just essentially gave it back to the league. So, you know, business as usual as far as that goes. Uh, so there will be still be a, a franchise in Buffalo. I think that's important to clear up. And that's actually, like, you know, that's pretty good news because of the fact that, you know, with Buffalo, they've had the second highest attendance this past year in the NWHL. There are fans that are passionate about this team and the organization and everything about women's hockey. And if you go to Harbor Center for one of these games, you'd be strangely amused by the amount of people in attendance for those things, for these games, because of the fact that they are showing that they can put a quality product out there on the ice. And, you know, for straight championship game appearances, yes, it's a league of four, <laughs> but four then five but it's not like it's easy to go ahead and win a title all the time so it's still a pretty impressive thing that they've been able to do there the biggest thing yes, and, oh go ahead go sorry ahead. no i was just gonna say and i think what everything you mentioned is correct and what the pool is essentially did was take it to the next level i mean they showed the players um what it would be like to play for a, a, like just be treated like a professional I, I can't tell you how many of the players that i talked to throughout the course of the season who just kept using that word. You know, they treat us like a professional. I feel like a professional. And they were shocked by it. So you have all these players, who, some who play on the Olympic team, you know, coming from college, top college programs who, for the first time, you know, in their lives being treated like a professional athlete on that level was something that I think was very eye-opening for a lot of them and played into the fact that they wanted, everyone on the boots wanted the other teams and other players in the league to have that feel. Um so, yeah, so what the Blues did was just kind of raise it to the next level. And like you said, lots of people in the stands. And, you know, if you go to Harbor Center, you, I have a video on my Twitter page just to show what a home game was like there. And it, it's incredible. And what's, what's the downside to this is that momentum that was created with this player boycott uh, could very well um, diminish. And, and we don't know what this upcoming season is even going to look like. So... Lindsay Darkangelo joining us on the West Her Hotline. Lindsay, 
you just mentioned it. It was something that I was going to talk about is the fact that the players did, did speak highly of the Pagula's role in the NWHL, how they would treat their athletes, whether it was facilities or even some reports about assistance with housing in Buffalo. And, of course, all the ice time that you can have with the two rinks there at Harbor Center. With Pagula Sports and Entertainment out now, is it, is it outlandish to say, though, that the NWHL might have lost the ownership group that teams would want to play for the most and probably one of their biggest motivators for what kind of team they would sign with if uh, with free agency? Well, yeah, and therein lies the problem. Uh, with, with limited uh, financial means, what, what, what are these teams that the NWHL is going to put out on the ice going to look like? And you have a diminished player pool on top of that because you have 200 players who are, have decided to sit out and not play at all. So, you know, where are these players going to come from? What's, what's the team going to look like? Will the fans in Buffalo be as invested as they were with names like Falzer and uh, Haley Scamara and Shannon Zapatos? Like, what is, what is that going to look like going forward? So, so therein lies one of the problems. But um, I think what, as I said before, as far as opening the players' eyes, I think that played into their part of saying, you know what, now's the time to do this because we want a league that functions like how the Buttes uh, functioned. And with that, it, it becomes all that more important for these players to hold out for that sort of treatment because of the fact that they were playing on paltry salaries and not even playing with health insurance as professionals. It's it's a little troubling to see those kinds of details. With the Pagulas kind of backing off for now, how important is it going to be for the NWHL in particular to get another kind of a leader like that, like that had the role of Kim Pagula, being able to be extending such an amount of resources and facilities for these players, and how important is it going to be to get the new leadership role for them going forward in order to succeed? Yeah, and I wish I could give you some more insight as, as far as what the NWHL, you know, further plans are. As of right now, they're pretty much saying, you know, we're going forward as business as usual, Um they, they they are still planning on expanding the league. As I said, I'm not really sure where the players are going to come from, but um, yeah, I, I'm not really I'm not really sure where their influx of cash is going to come from. I know the the NHL um, ponied up more money than they had uh, previously as part of this new deal they have, but you know, I I want to throw something out there. There, curiously, I wonder if the Bagulas and the NW Child didn't have some sort of agreement in place or have come to an agreement where the Pagulas uh, readily gave back the franchise because of what's coming down the pipe, whether or not that involves NWHL in a more uh, expanded role in the league it has yet to be seen. But, you know, it was a mutually beneficial uh, agreement for the Pagulas to relinquish ownership. And uh, you can't help but wonder if there's a bigger picture here that we're not yet uh, made privy to. So what you might be suspecting is that it's not goodbye for the Pagulas and the Buttes, but it might just be, we'll be back? Yeah, in the short term, um, because they have always been invested in women's hockey. They, they've operated at a loss this year. I mean, that's just, you know, that's the truth. And what they had always said is they were investing in the future of women's hockey. They, they saw the, the, the payoff down the road and the growth of the sport. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was a short-term move for the benefit of the league, for the benefit of the sport, and then maybe they'll jump back in down the road. And hopefully that being the case about the fact that, you know, it was a mutually agreed thing, because 
I would suspect that it could have made PSE look a little bit like they're on the bad side of things, that they're backing out, oh, just because these players are boycotting, now they're going to pull the court on that. Do you think that the optics with Pagula Sports Entertainment aren't looking that positive in regards to this? Well, I think initially when the news broke, yeah. Um, I heard a lot of people, uh, you know, just in my, my Twitter comments saying, you know, why would they do that? And, you know, I guess it you know wasn't financially viable, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, if you read, if you took time to read the news release, you know, the Bagula said, you know, we are we are invested in, in the long-term growth of the sport, which, you know, and it is as well as they, as well as they treated their players, I just have a hard time believing that they would just, you know, kind of slough it off. Um, I think, I think that when you talk to players and, and if you go to their different Twitter pages and stuff and even in an article that was on that's on the athletic buffalo page uh today just in doing a little bit more of a wider look into this with the views players Shannon Zavados um Falzer, they came out and said we loved playing for the views we were treated so good we want everybody to know how well we were treated because this is what we want this is the bar that has been set and so you know, it's like a catch-22. You treat your, your, your players so well, you know, you treat them how they should be treated, but then they realize, you know what, we deserve this across the board, and whether that or not that was a catalyst for the boycott, I happen to think it, it was in the end. Um, you know, it's, it's just move forward and, and go from here. The players are taking a calculated risk, and um, how that's going to play out right now is anyone's guess, unfortunately. It is an it's an unfortunate story for for not just you know fans of the Buttes and of course the players themselves, but pretty much all of women's hockey it, suffering a, a massive dent here on this one because of the fact that you know there are cities that have been supporting what has been going on here, and with the Buttes in particular, it is a team and an organization that has been run smoothly, and it's gonna it's gonna hurt to see that, and of course the impact of you know young women growing up that you know, watch these games and they have the influence on them that they can play hockey and they can, you know, make a difference athletically and be a part of something special. I mean, heck, I remember the uh, the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang when it's an o- it goes overtime, it goes shootout between U.S. and Canada, and I remember I'm staying up until 2 a.m. I'm like, I am not leaving until this shootout is done, until the U.S. has won. And they, they actually did. So it was actually... A really enlightening thing and, and of course then Zabados comes over and we're like oh wait that was the one that got juked out in the shootout right let's not say anything about that now she's in Buffalo so and speaking on Zabados that was the top grossing player in jersey sales so she has mm-hmm. quite an influence on a lot of these things you know with the name recognition and what she has done in women's hockey that it really is something to uh to take hold of and really speculate what they might try to be able to do from there. My que- my last question for you is the NHL. Gary Bettman saying that it seems that both of both the CWHL when it was still up and running and the NWHL are not financially capable of really having that long-term success, but he's going to stay back and have the NHL stay back until it seems that one or both are pretty much evaporated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure where the NHL is going to go with this. Uh, they have an opportunity to do the right thing. Whether or not they will remains to be seen. I know a lot of players feel as though, um, or the rumor, there are rumors and players have been quoted saying that, you know, this is trying 
this might be a move to try and force their hand, um, you know, put up or shut up kind of a thing. And there are so many sides to this, Derek, um, good and bad sides. You know, it's good what the players are doing at the same time, players with less recognition, players who look to come out of college and use the NWHL as a stepping stone um, or just to get more um, visibility, just to continue to play uh, can will possibly lose out. Um, you have places like Minnesota and Buffalo where that momentum we were talking about earlier just might might fizzle depending on how what happens as we go forward. So there's a lot at play here, and and you know I hope I hope the NHL does the right thing, and I I hope that they help if if they if they if they have the means if they if they want to step in and, and like I said put up or shut up I hope that they do but. We'll see. <laughs> you know, that's kind yeah, of this is Gary Bettman we are talking about, yes. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens from here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. There, like you said earlier about watching the, um, the Olympics, there is an audience for women's hockey. There is an audience. I've seen it. I know a lot of, there's a lot of naysayers out there, but I've witnessed it. And there's so much potential there that the players just want to – capitalize on and i don't blame them Lindsay, thank you for taking the time though uh i'm so happy you had me on Derek, because you know there's, well, there's a lot of questions running around this and i hope that i was able to clear some stuff up and and get some information out there um just to you know get the word out and you know contact me anytime and i will gladly um gladly try to help uh, figure this out as we move along here and as those details come out where can the people find your work so yeah, I write for the Athletic. I'm the, obviously the, the Buttes. I cover the Buttes and other Buffalo sports at uh, the Athletic Buffalo, and also at Twitter at DarkAngel21. And uh, yeah. All right, Lindsay. Thank you for taking the time. Awesome. And that was that interview with uh, Lindsay Darkangelo last night on the Nightcap, and there's several big takeaways about that. And I think the biggest one being is that you know, it's not goodbye. I would say for the Pagulas yeah. in their reach for uh, women's hockey, it's just we got to put we got to press pause for a second. And it does suck though that they lost probably the most influential, technically ownership that the CWHL CWHL the NWHL had, which yeah. was the Pagulas. They treated their players like professionals. They were widely raved and reviewed by players that played for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So. The Buttes and the NWHL lose a powerful ally for the moment. Yep. And it's rough to see. But we'll obviously know more as everything develops in that story. And, you know, there's going to be people that are – look, there's going to be people – I call them people. There's going to be jackasses that go ahead and say, it's women's sports, nobody should care about it, no wonder they're dying. You see, it's people like you that give the negative stigma because you don't want to open up to it. Because if you ever went to Harbor Center for one of their games, you would actually be thoroughly entertained. Mm-hmm. And you would actually see a they're crowd fun. filled up yeah. at Harbor Center. Yeah. So, hmm, maybe you should just open your mind to something about that. Like, women can actually play sports and be better at it. Like, we're talking about some of the best players in the world at what they do. And it's a struggle with a lot of these kinds of leagues, though, is 
you know, not having the financial backing to be able to do something. The NLL has held on for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's still a lot of the same problems there, too. There is. You know, like, they, they do need to work other jobs, and they don't get paid full salaries just to be lacrosse players, for example. But with Don, the, Don Tavares, when he was playing for the Bandits. The Bandit player, not the Leaf. Yeah, it's not the, not the Bandit player. The Bandit player, not the Leaf. He was, he's a school teacher, mm-hmm. as well as uh, playing for the Bandits. He was a, he's a math teacher in Canada. Yeah. And, again, like for a lot of these women, it's the same thing, where they have full-time jobs because they have to because they were only getting paid two grand a year yeah. for these games. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. Like, it's a shame that it's gotten to this point because – the hope was that the hope was that the NWHL was going to expand with the collapse of the CWHL. No, the the hope was that the NWHL and the CWHL would merge. Yes, and then the CWHL folded. The NWHL was has been wanting to expand as well, but they wanted to merge with the CWHL so they could get for all the Canadian teams to get the Canadian teams there, and in turn, you get the Canadian viewership for your mm-hmm. league, and that would immediately drive up rate drive up interest and ratings as as a result and potential there is a lot of interest in women's hockey in canada because it's hockey it's canada they love their hockey and it's unfortunate that the league folded there that's that's exactly it it's just a really it's just it's a really sour situation and it's one where i completely am on the player side of this and I want to see an actual formalized women's hockey league, professional women's hockey league, where they get paid full time. Yes, I would agree with you. We, and need, we need something. We need that. And if this is what it takes for that to happen, you you got to hope that someone or some people will get inspired by their story. And here's the good news, though: it worked for women's soccer for the U.S. women's national team. That's right. Because they have been the best yeah. in the world at some points. And not just some points. They're, they're, one, of the they're one of the best women's, women's national soccer teams programs in the world. Yeah, And they get paid a fraction of what the men do. And the men's team has been an embarrassment at best. Yeah. So it worked for them. Hopefully we get to see the same story. I'm going to always have a soft spot for women's hockey because, oh, yeah. well, one, I love hockey. Yeah, it's hockey. It's hockey, and it's entertaining hockey. Yeah. There's a lot of goals. It's fun hockey, yeah. There's a lot of goals. If you like goals, you will love going to these. Very skilled plays oftentimes, and there are some of those gritty garbage goals in front of the net, picking up the rebounds and taking out. But goals are goals. Frank and I also worked some of their broadcasts in their initial season. Yes, when we were at the radio station at Buffalo State, it was a great. We had a great time. We had a great time doing those broadcasts. Yeah, uh, Brayton Wilson was the play-by-play guy, and Joe DiBiase was the color guy. Yeah, so we have a lot of ties to them, and it's bitter to see that this is happening. But the main po- important thing is they're not going anywhere this year. But there's a catch-22, don't you think? If you go to their games, the players that are sitting out, it's almost like the boycott, like, I don't know. That's why, like, it's just so divided. But at the same time, you want to support women's hockey. Yeah. And show that there is interest and they want those players to be back so that it's more entertaining of a game. 
but at the same time, you're kind of striking down their boycott because you're showing up when they're filling in players from a roster that does not include some of the best in the world at that point. But at the same time, you want to support the game. Yeah. I think that's what that's what makes the that's it what makes, makes the situation feel, like, it so makes complicated. Me, it makes me feel like a hypocrite, but I know I want to support it. Mm-hmm. And how do I do it? I think I'm gonna have to ask one of these players. Yeah, you know, like what do I do? Do I still go to games? Like, cause you know, I want to support women's hockey. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't want to undermine what they're what doing. What they're doing, yeah. It's it's a weird catch twenty two. Yeah, it's such a complicated situation. I know I know some a lot of the women's players who are boycotting have said that the NWHL is not the solution just based on where they're at right now, especially now with the Pagoulas backing out. So, I mean, as much as you would want to support women's hockey. And Lindsay said a lot of this yesterday, which was the Pagoulas showed players what ownership actually looks like for a professional women's hockey team. Yeah. Now they should want more of that. Yeah, and they absolutely. Should, and they should be able to play hockey professionally with health insurance. Yeah. That's a that's a big thing. If you yeah, get it's a, a big thing. If you get cut, in, you want to know something sad there with no health insurance there. That means that bar leaguers probably get more coverage on a hockey related injury than the NWHL players got. So we do. If I get cut by a skate, I probably have better coverage on that because I, there's actually USA Hockey insurance that's, attached. That's. Uh... So let's stew on that for a moment. Ugh. I obviously don't know all of the details, but I know I have insurance for my games. Same here. And what I'm reading is that they didn't. Who? That is not it, Chief. No, it's not. I think the I think the hope for them is you get one, two, as many people as you can to back potentially starting a league, a formalized women's league, or you get the NHL to Batman said a, he doesn't want to and that's include any involvement unless both of those leagues were to fold or join. That's exactly it. And, and look, don't, I'm not going to take anything Gary Bettman says entirely seriously. This is the same man who still continues to think that uh, CTE is not linked to concussions, yeah. despite tons of scientific evidence. Yeah. So he's uh, kind of an idiot. So we don't know. Yeah. we. But I do think that the NWHL or a women's hockey league, I would say, needs a better leader and a better plan yeah. than what they have. Yeah. You, you hope that something like that comes about like around next year. Mm-hmm. All right, Frank. We're going to talk about something that actually makes things uh, makes people angrier and more upset. The Sabers. <laughs> so Ricard Gromberg, no longer a candidate. No. I'm very disappointed. It was what? ZSC. Yes. The uh, Lions. The Lions of uh, Switzerland. In Switzerland. Yeah. The same team uh, Austin Matthews played for in his draft year. All right. So there's at least one 
kind of connection there. Yep. But no Gronberg. Yeah. And the Sabres reportedly did not even reach out. It sounded like no NHL teams did. I mean, I guess, but I still feel like the Sabres should have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They should have. It just goes more. It just go. It just goes more into the the notion that Bottrell's looking for a coach that has NHL experience. I guess that means. So now what? That means that if 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 that is if that's truly what he's looking the for, case, then then Chris Sheldon, Taylor's out. Then Sheldon, and Sheldon keeps, keeps out. out. Yeah. The reports are that Taylor hasn't even been contacted by the team about it either. Yep. So that means he's that means he's out. That means they want him as a head coach of Rochester next year. Again, which is fine, I guess. I mean, yeah, that means Sheldon keeps out, which means Toronto's Toronto's going to have all the free range to just put him in as an assistant to Babcock because that's what they want to do. I swear if they hire Jacques Martin on everything that is holy. Ugh. Yeah, it means it means it means if we're going I based will on end that, them. Martin is is the is one of the top three candidates. Him, Todd Richards, and Dave Tippett. Great. Great. Because it sounded like Tate, and it sounded like Tippett's not going to Edmonton because the big, the, a lot of the reports is, is Edmonton just hired Ken Holland as their GM. Mm-hmm. That Tippett was going to go with him to be the coach. But that's apparently not the case. Hmm. At least right now. Because right now, we have four teams in the league that need head coaches. Buffalo, Ottawa, Edmonton, Anaheim. Right. Ottawa, it might be DJ Smith. He's right. the assistant in Toronto. His his contract is up, so he doesn't even need to be. He could just go interview whatever he wants, wherever he wants. As I just mentioned, stuff with the Oilers. We don't know what they're going to do. A lot of suggestions is uh, bringing back Todd Nelson. Which really? a lot of a lot of people are like, that's actually not a bad idea. I'm and then you. Anaheim, a lot of the speculation is they're going to promote Dallas Eakins. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot from about San Eakins. Diego. Which that didn't work out that well with him in Edmonton, though. No. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Tippett Richards Martin. Is likely your top three. Please, Ottawa, football. save us from ourselves. Oh, Ottawa, please, please, please hire Jack Martin. Please, please, please save us from ourselves. You got to think that if those, if Batchel's looking at those are your top three candidates, you got to think it's Tippett. You got to think it's Tippett, but the problem is that what I think and what they do is not oftentimes what's been going on lately. Ugh. So I'm actually very concerned about the direction of the Sabres and Jason Bottrell all of a sudden. I'm getting into that point, yeah. Because we just, we just don't know what they're going to do. All right, well, this is fantastic. This is entirely stupid. I hate everything about everything. Hey, let's, let's do a uh, conference finals preview. It's they, they start tonight. Do we? Yes. Okay, but must we? Yes. Mm. Stupid versus stupider in game one tonight. 
And then go Sharks or Blues, because, look, the draft pick damage has already been done. I can cheer for St. Louis with a clean conscience now. I mean, you're already able to, yeah. Well, I mean, I I had my reservations about the draft pick, but that damage is done. It's over. Who cares? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's done. It's over. I know. It is done, yeah. Like, now that that has been decided, what's the worst that's going to happen? The pick falls three spots? Oh, no. The major damage was done in the first and second round. It's over. Also, still was never going to actively cheer for Dallas. (laughs) And if Dallas was in this... I'm very stressed about it has to be the Sharks or bust. And can you trust San Jose with that kind of choke job label? No. (laughs) So I'll start out with happy times out west. Okay. Because I can actually talk about the Sharks and the Blues without having a vein suddenly show up in my forehead. San Jose's got probably the most collective offensive talent that there is left in the entire playoffs. The problem is that their defending is not great. Martin Jones has caught a little hot in the playoffs all of a sudden after almost costing his team the series against Vegas. And he's kind of caught fire. The only problem is that he's going facing an emotionless brick wall on the other side. Jordan Bennington is a robot. Yeah, he's been fantastic. No, he's a robot. Like, emotionless, puck-stopping robot. Did you see how he celebrated the minute that they won, skating away from the net, in a double overtime Game 7? You could have replaced that with random goal in Game 72 of the season. That footage would have been the same. <laughs> I'm not kidding. There was no emotion. He's like, all right, cool, we're good. This guy just... There's calm Men- and there's men- what he's doing. Yeah, there's, he's, his mentality is he, it, he knows it's not, it's not over yet. There's still more, more to do. Hey, nobody t- take in the moment a little bit, man. Come on. He's been taken in the moment since January. No, he hasn't. He's just been on to the next one. He's been taken in every moment since January. Like, considering how he's been playing this year. Get happy. You won a double overtime game seven. He'll only be happy until if he until he wins the cup. He only is happy until he is stomping on the blood of his enemies. <laughs> All right, who you got? I'm gonna take the sharks, but I think it's a heart pick. Not a head pick. Hmm. I could see legitimate reasons why San Jose should be the winner here. And I think it is the collective offensive talent that they have. Joe Pavelski's back scored right away. So that's one more problem you got to deal with. They are a deep team offensively. It's just they're not getting to the Stanley Cup final without a bit of a heart attack. This is going six games minimum. I agree, six games minimum. I'm taking the Blues. No, I get it. It's I I'm I think the heart pick is San Jose because Joe Thornton. You want him to this could this is potentially his last ride. I you want him s- to go out with a cup. I kind of want to do it also for the Eric Carlson angle. 
I mean, the Eric Carlson. It, Ottawa not, trades away their best player because Melnick doesn't want to pay him. He goes out and wins a Stanley Cup. Yeah, that would be hilarious. See, that would be fantastically hilarious. As as if poor Ottawa fans need more ways to get kicked to the curb. <laughs> but I mean, St. Louis but was I get pushed to the limit. But man. They were also pushed to the limit by a boring hockey team yeah. that played defensive hockey. The San Jose Sharks are not that. This they game are not that. And this series, this is going to be fast and loose. Yeah. They both have talent. And we saw the Winnipeg series. The Winnipeg series for St. Louis, the Vegas series for San Jose. Fast and loose. Yeah. Let's we get saw it. Where that, we saw where both series went. Mm-hmm. So, should be fun. And now, do we really have to talk about this? I mean, yes. I just don't want to. I get it. I get it. Boston, Carolina. A bunch of jerks versus an actual bunch of jerks. That's what I'm calling it. I mean, it's... Let's be real. This is... It's either you cheer for Boston. Nope. Your division rival. Nope. Or you cheer for... The team that beat you in 06. I'm going to share with you a story, Frank. Here's the thing. Here, hey, I'm going to tell you what. Let me, let me tell you first real quick. One, I would never cheer for Boston. At least the Bruins the, and the Patriots. I would never cheer for them. I don't care about the Red Sox and Celtics. Right. Which, by the way, those guys are done. Celtics, Celtics yes. So, so the 4 for 4 will not happen. Mercifully. Yeah. I'm over Carolina. I'm over that. As much as I think that that's, that has been the Sabres' best chance at winning the Cup, I'm over it. It happened. It was 13 years ago. Move on. It's the same thing with Dallas. If You're Dallas, 13 years ago. I was, I was 12, 13 years ago. Shut up. That would have been wacky if you were 13, 13 years ago. Next year. That's next year. Um... It's the same thing with Dallas, with the Stars. No, 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 no. They no, no, did no. it illegally, actually. Carolina, but that's at least the NHL's Carolina fault. Carolina did it legally. No, 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 no. That was the NHL's fault. At least, actually, no. At least actually, Carolina no, no, no. played within the rules. Yeah. So I'll never let go of Dallas, but I can kind of get behind what you're saying Wait, about Carolina. Let that go it was 13 years ago. With Dallas, which is 20 years ago. Still not over it. That's the NHL's fault. Still illegal. They can still suck an egg. But I will let me let's talk about this really quick. Still can suck eggs. I'm not I doing think this. That goal actually is legal. I don't care. Foot increase. No. Go bleed the yourself. NHL, I read that the NHL modified the rule so that even if a foot was Why in would the, you change a rule mid season? They didn't do it mid season. They did it like the season prior. They just didn't tell anyone. They just only told the owners. Then guess what? Still illegal. GM. Suck eggs. <laughs> Once again, that was 20 years ago. Move on. No. Move on. I can get the Carolina one. If you one. can move on from 13 years ago, you can move on from 20 years ago. No. My name was on a petition 20 years ago as a little child. I'm not <laughs> kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I was on the news. <laughs> so, no, I'm not letting that go. They can suck eggs. And they're out. <laughs> 
So I don't well, have to they're worry. Out, but it doesn't matter. I don't have to worry about them. It doesn't matter anyway. I don't have to worry about them. Carolina is at least fun. But here's the bad part. These playoffs have really hated me this year. They've hated like a lot everyone. So of course Boston's going to advance. And it couldn't happen to a worse city because let me tell you a story, Frank. You saw this probably making the rounds last night about how a Boston sports show host hung up on a Hurricanes beat reporter because he couldn't take his southern accent. Can Boston get over themselves? Their sheer arrogance and stupidity on a constant basis. I hate them. I hate them all. They can all suck eggs. I mean, I've seen that happen a lot of places. I don't care. It's the latest. And I'm not going into any specifics. I'm going to say it was the latest. So oh, it's the latest, yeah. And how and it just so happened to be that. And how painfully unaware, or there's just this lack of awareness that a Boston Oh, hang on, let me say it right. Boston show host hangs up on someone because of their friggin' accent. The irony. Yeah. No, yeah, that's yeah. <mwah> It's it's completely ignorant, yeah. It's just a complete self, lack of self-awareness. It's just stupid. You live in a city where they say ba or ka or cha, chow da or chow da. <laughs> so maybe ya could stop <laughs> being a bunch of arrogant boobs. Carolina in four. Okay. Bleep them. <laughs> I'm taking Carolina in six. Like, I'm, like, as real. Legitimately, I'm taking Boston in five because I can't have nice things. Sure. But Carolina in four with my heart. F*** them. Okay. Legitimately, I'm taking Carolina in six. Sadly, legitimately, I'm taking Boston because I'm going to have to continue to deal with this stupid city and their stupid winning and their stupid, stupid, very stupid accents, not understanding other accents. So go Western Conference. Yes. Okay. I can't wait for football. Training camp really cannot get here soon enough anymore. Especially if the Bruins end up winning the Stanley Cup. Then the NHL will have betrayed me. I mean, the offseason will be interesting. Yes, but training camp cannot come soon enough for me. To be fair. The playoffs have pissed me off, Frank. Once the NHL offseason is in full swing, training camp will come soon enough. I know, I'm just saying. The draft is late June. Free agency is July 1st. That just means a couple, few more weeks. Can't come soon enough. at the end of July. Can't come soon enough. I want it. I'm ready. It'll be here soon Because the Bills, enough. unlike the Sabres, are actually offering me hope. 
It will be here soon enough. And hope is my drug of choice. Yes. Always is. We'll be back full staff Monday, I think. No, we won't. Kyle's on vacation. <laughs> hmm. So next week, it's you and me again, Frank. Cool. Can't I, wait. I can hear the cringing everywhere. A million souls cried out, and then there was silence. Thank you for listening to the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank R. Curry. And usually Kyle Powell, but he is not here today. Nor will he be here next week, I don't think. We'll, we'll try to call him when he's on vacation. Like, Kyle. Kyle. Talk sports with us. Kyle. 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 We need you. Ugh. Can't believe this. Uh, I have to actually turn to a bunch of jerks and actually hope that they win over a team with a bunch of actual jerks and one scumbag grad marshal. Football can't come soon. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.